one. Welcome to Behind the Visual, a podcast where I interview the people responsible for creating, putting together, and producing all the images and videos you see in your world every single day. Today, my guest is New York and Miami fashion stylist Marcella Bartolomeo, and she is also the founder of Department 5 Artist, a premier boutique agency representing fashion stylists, makeup artists, costume designers, and tailors. You can see Marcella's people and her work at department5artist.com. It is department, the number five, and artist.com. So thank you, Marcella, for being here. I appreciate you doing this. This is very cool. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. This is very cool. I agree. Yeah. So tell you what, why don't you get into a little, how'd you get into being a fashion stylist? What made you, was this a, something you wanted to do since you were a kid kind of deal? Or did you just stumble into this? Or what happened to that? How'd that happen? All of those, actually. Um, yeah, I went to school for fashion design when I was um, young, in you know, college. And um, I, <clears throat> I wasn't very good at designing, but I knew that I wanted to be a, in the fashion world, in the creative field in some way. And back in those days, that was before Google and that was before the internet. So there were really no resources as to f figuring out what that would be. So I graduated college and I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And I just knew, and I even said something to somebody and I said, it's going to fall in my lap. I know it. <laughs> and sure enough, a friend of mine's contact, she worked in retail and she was friends with a stylist who used to come to her store to shop. And for some odd reason, she introduced me to this person. Um, her name was Nicoya Gonzalez and she's a prominent costume designer this today um wow. and she actually took me in as her paid intern for a low budget tv show and when i say low budget it was seven million dollars which <laughs> 10 years ago that was a lot that was yeah. seven million dollars is not like today like seven million is really not a lot especially if you're in new york but back then that was and it had um it was a tv show that was composed of 30 actors principal actors and she taught me the ropes of the film industry and how that worked and it was hard because I had no idea what I was doing but I hung in there and then after that I was like okay so film is crazy I want to try something else and somebody said well what are you going to do now and then I said well it's going to fall on my lap <laughs> and again <laughs> it did and my boyfriend at the time his mom was a tailor on set and she knew this amazing prominent Miami stylist by the name of Bobby Gerard, who has been key in my life. And she said, you know, I really want to introduce you to this girl. Her name is Marcella and she's so cute and young and peppy and eager. And he said, okay. And we met and I worked with him one day as a stylist assistant. And after that, he booked me for a job in Jamaica for a week. And it was love at oh, first. Wow job or first second job from then on and he has been my mentor my whole life he mentored me over eight years of assisting seven and a half eight years of assisting him and he eventually opened his agency and he used to on the first job we did he said you know what marcy which was my nickname at the time don't call me that these days <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good said, to know <laughs> and he said um one day i'm gonna have my agency and i'm gonna rep you and I was, you know, 20 years, 19. I had no idea what that even meant. And I said, okay. And he said, no, really, you, you have what it takes. You have something about you. 
and I'm going to rep you. And I said, okay. And again, I had no idea what that meant, but I thought it was something good. And then eventually I kind of understood what that meant as the years went by. And one day he called me and he said, remember that promise I made you when we first met? And I said, yes. And he said, well, here it is. I've started my agency and I want to rep you and I want to mold your career into what I know that you can be. Oh, wow. And he made me into a stylist. So I got very lucky. Yeah, that's amazing. Because even those days, there was no internet. Even, you know, years after I started this, there was no way to get in unless you knew someone. Yeah, so how'd you get your, like, when you first started, how'd you get the jobs? Was it something where you had to go meet everybody face-to-face, or were you sending out stuff, or what'd you do? Well, um, so... I had an agent and his name was Bobby. You know, he had been a stylist and now he was an agent and he was my agent and he was, he's a really good salesperson, Bobby. Were you getting jobs before Bobby or were you just assisting? I was just assisting. And while I entered into contract with him, I was still assisting until his business picked up and eventually it did. And I worked a lot thanks to him and I met a lot of people and I created my career based on, the jobs that he found for me. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. I mean, Very sit there and just go, oh, it'll just fall in my lap. I'll, I'm going to trust it's going to fall in my lap. And it does. That doesn't happen, I don't think, to everybody. No. No. Yeah, but amazing. it happened to me because I knew. And I, it wasn't just luck, luck. I mean, yes, it was luck. But it was just the fact that I knew that it had happened. I knew that that was the only way for me to make a living. I wasn't going to do a nine to five job ever in my whole life. And I knew that this had, and it had to be fashion and I wasn't going to go into design because I realized that it wasn't my thing. So I knew that it had to happen. And I knew that the universe, and I didn't know this at the time I was young, but whatever it is that you believe in, for me personally, I believe that if you need something, if you have to have it, if there's no other way, it will be granted. So there's no other way. So oh, you kind of you broke up a little bit there. There's something crunching. What's that? Like every uh, time you like slap your hands down, there's like a crunching sound. Oh, maybe it's a wire to get rid of that. Yeah. Do you hear me? Is that better? Yeah. 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 When you're talking, I hear you pretty fine. But when you leaned over there, it kind of went out. And then I heard a, every time you would drop your hand down, something sounded like a bag of chips. Oh, no, no. There's definitely no chips. I wish. Right. Um, <laughs> I, maybe it's a sweater maybe it's I don't no know. it's fine it's fine now yeah it's all stopped now whatever you did i think took care of it okay so yeah that's all that's that's good so how long have you been how long were you with bobby i was uh represented by him for about almost nine years and at that point i was getting married and i wanted some time off and i'll never forget it bobby's like i need you to do three editorials in a month or a month and a half. And I was like, whoa. And I felt <laughs> so pressured. And I said, I'm planning my wedding. I don't have time for work at this point. Which, you know, I got very lucky that my husband is a wonderful provider. So we, we were engaged and we're working on our wedding. And I said, is it okay with you if I take some time off from work? And he said, sure. So I took a year off, got married, enjoyed the, you know, our everything, the festivities. And then after a year, I decided to go in to with Wilhelmina, uh, which okay. is a, which, you know, it's a global agent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're huge. How is that compared to being with Bobby, who was a smaller agency? 
Or is well, you know, it differs because with Bobby, when you go in with smaller agencies, you, you, they give you more attention. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. Right. Yes. And, and the other thing too, is that with Bobby, because he was the business owner, if I wasn't working, he's not making money. Right. Yeah. Wilhelmina, not so much. Wilhelmina, not, Wilhelmina you yeah. know, represents big models, supermodels, stylists, and not stylists, I'm sorry, supermodels and, and talent. Um, so they're not really worried about the artists. Yeah. Did you have to stay on them more? I mean, did you have to call in more to make sure you were, they kept thinking about you when it was time for the jobs to come up and that kind of thing? I did. I did, yeah. but it almost came to the point where I was afraid of even getting booked by them because when you're dealing with a big company such as Wilhelmina, um, they're not worried about you getting paid either. You oh, get that's lost. true. You get lost in all of you know, the millions of dollars that they're billing and yours is just a few thousand. They don't, they don't really care to, make you ha to keep you happy as right. much. So, do they do because I've heard with models, and I don't know if they do this with stylists as well. But you know, the models they they send the cars to pick them up, or they send the FedEx packages out, and all this stuff. And so a model gets paid, and say she gets two thousand dollars, but then Wilhelmina's backing out FedEx charges and whatever other charges. So by the time she actually gets the two grand, it's whittled down to a thousand or five hundred dollars. Do they take out every single little thing? Do they do it to you as well? And there's some models who don't understand it. So they don't, they'll get to New York and they're like, oh, I'm going to get a car service. The agency's paying for it. Or I'm going to go do this because the agency's paying for it. And they don't realize the agency's not paying for it. They're paying for it when they get paid. So I don't know if they do the exact same thing to you guys, if you experience anything like that. Well, these days, there's not much, um, you know, shipping that they have to do for artists anymore. Because back, you know, when I started, comp cards and your portfolio oh, yeah. had to be shipped that doesn't happen anymore with, you know, access to your portfolio via your website. Um, but I'm sure maybe some stylists get something shipped here and there. I, I never did. Um, and as far as um, uh, car service, they never did that for me. So <laughs> for me, <laughs> that's my own business expense. So, I mean, I'd right. rather get that tax deducted than have my agency cut it out of my pay. So oh, yeah. I never I did that. Um, but yeah, they, it came down to the point where I just didn't want to take any more work from them because of the way that they were treating me as an artist. So, so. when you, before, so you were in my, you started off in Miami, right? Yes. I started as an assistant in Miami. I moved to New York, assisted in New York, and I launched my career as a stylist in New York. Okay. But I always worked back and forth in Miami as a local. And the reason for that being that clients save, they, they don't want to pay for you to travel. Oh yeah. That I had my family down there and I had my car down there. And so I just would advertise as a local because that way it got me more work and I got to go down and see my family and see my friends and keep my foot in that city, which is a lovely, lovely place to be in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's the same thing with photographers. I mean, especially now they don't want to pay for you to fly in a lot of, a lot of clients don't, they want to pay for you to fly in someplace for you to bring your crew with you and all that kind of stuff. So I'll do the same thing. I work so local in New York, Miami, LA, North Carolina, you know, it just kind of yeah. depends because you can't, it's very rare now that you can fly in crew. Even when I, they will let me fly in crew, it's a limited crew. Like I can bring my first assistant, 
usually uh, digital tech, something like that. And then I need to get my second assistance or third assistant, whatever I need. Locally. I have to get that locally. Yeah. So I completely understand. It's not the 80s anymore. Or no, the it's not. No. <laughs> 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 no. Yeah, I quit going to all the really cool places in the last few years. It seems yeah. like I end up going to places like Miami, Oklahoma, if you've ever heard of that. No, I haven't. Yeah. Yeah, they spell it Miami, but they pronounce it Miami. I, oh, interesting. Yeah, because I, when I got the call sheet, I was reading the email and I saw, oh, Miami. I was like, hot damn, this is going to be good. And then I looked at it and I saw <laughs> Oklahoma. I went, oh, man, not quite the same place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a tiny, tiny little place. Yeah, it's yeah, nowhere it's near. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, Miami. Oh, great. Oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Not the same. So is Wilhelmina, was that the reason you decided to start your own agency? Because of the way it was going there? Yes. Well, yes. Yes. That's one of the reasons. There's many. Um, the fuel behind the agency that I've started and I've just launched recently, it's, uh, yes, how the artists are treated. Absolutely. Um, there's really no respect to your pay. And so a lot of what happens is a lot of um, clients get jealous of freelancers. You know, I've heard little murmurs in the background, like, oh, you know, freelancers, they get to leave early or they make so much money and they try to penny pinch you. But what they don't realize is all the overhead that we have, the cost mm -hmm. that we have, and the fact that we're lucky. If, if an agency pays you on time and on time, meaning within three months, that's that's golden. Which that's ridiculous too. That 90 day thing, I think is just ridiculous for anybody to have to wait 90 days to get paid freelancer or not. There should be, you know, 30 days and it should, should be standard. There's, and I know a lot of people get 90 days and I think it's just not right. Well, when I went, um, so I haven't been represented in a few years now and I work on my own and I self represent myself. And it turns out that clients do pay on time. They're yeah. paying me within 30 days. And once they get to know me, once I'm in their system, they're paying me within two to three weeks. Mm -hmm. So the 90-day wait that agencies tell you is not true. No. I don't know what they're doing with that money, why they're holding on to it. But I would be happy with an agency that pays me in three months because not that I would be happy, but that's just, it's just so bad out there that three months is almost doable. But when I did research about being represented by so many different agencies, and I'm not going to mention their names mainly because I was not represented by them, so I can't speak for them. But, you know, artists talk and I'm asking, oh, how's your agency? Oh, it's lovely. It's great. I love it. Well, how, often, how long does it take for you to get paid? Oh, six months. Wow. And five, five, five and a half months. I mean, there was one, one person that I asked that didn't say, oh, they pay me on time. Not one person. And that's when I said to myself, I can't do this because I have a child. I have a family. Like I said, my husband's a wonderful provider. However, it's New York City. Things are very pricey and I want to provide as well. And I can do that by working, having my business overhead and not getting paid in six months. It's a vulgarity that is oh, that yeah. happens as a visual artist. And that has been the real fuel behind me starting this agency. And in my contract, I state that if I don't pay the artists within five days of getting paid by the client, I'm breaching that contract. 
I think that's amazing. So in my contract, that's why if you look at my website, I have amazing top tier talent. And everybody's like, oh my God, how did you do it? And I said, by treating them with respect and promising them that I will respect their finances and pay them what is owed to them within five days of a client paying me. Right. Yeah. I checked out your website. You have some amazing people on there. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So top it's your talent. And I see why, because if you're getting paid, if it takes six months to get paid normally, and then you're going to pay them five days after you get paid, that's huge. And that's huge. There's a client I shoot for and I get paid, I'm freelance and I get paid within 30 days. But other people on the set that are wrapped in the models are talking about they don't get paid for 90 days. And I have a hard time believing that this client pays me in 30, but doesn't pay that modeling agency for 90. So I know they're sitting on it and I just don't understand why they, they sit on the money and they, they don't pay. And then they end up lazy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I've even heard some agencies. I actually had this happen to me. I called, I was, had an editorial shoot and the modeling agency had provided, had talked to the creative director of the magazine and had set up a fashion stylist. And I didn't like, the work I saw from the fashion stylist and I asked some people who knew the fashion stylist and they said that the stylist wasn't that great. Didn't use basically just wasn't very good. So I called the agency and said, Hey, there's a stylist that you guys rep that I would really like to get. Is she available on these dates? And she was standing right there with me on set and she had already said she was available. They told me, I'm sorry, she's not available those dates. Maybe next time you guys can work together. And I looked at her and I said, so they said you're booked. She's like, I'm not booked. And she didn't get booked. They just wanted to work in this other stylist on this shoot. And I thought that was just ridiculous, especially when I requested. Right. So I think there's a lot of shady stuff going on. Right. And and that's my promise to my artist is transparency. There's no favoritism. I mean, however, there is, there's a tier of your portfolio and, you know, your, some portfolios are better than others. So there oh, is yeah. a tier. So I would, you know, um, market one artist for a certain client that has a stronger portfolio versus another one, but things that are shady like that. So far, I've been a hundred percent transparent with all of my business moves to my artist every week. I have, and for the last few weeks, I let them know what I'm doing that week. This week, it's marketing week. You know, in a couple of weeks, I'll be stopping by the studios and, and introducing myself, et cetera. So that way they know that they're not getting booked for jobs right off the bat because this is a startup. And right. as a startup, it's going to take time, but they need to know because essentially they're my product. I mean, I'm making a percentage, so they need to know how I'm working for them. And that's what I never had as an artist. I never had my agency telling me, oh, well, there's this client that looked up your portfolio. We sent it in. Let's see what they say. They just keep you in the dark and they keep you guessing and they keep you in a state of lack consistently. I always felt like I was lacking, even though I was making money per the day rate, the day rates were good, but A, I wasn't getting paid. So I didn't have that. I didn't have access to the funds that I was working for and B, I didn't know what they were doing for me when I wasn't receiving a phone call, when I wasn't working. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work to start up an agency like that, I would think. And then because just on my end, I know how much work it takes just for me to get clients and continue to keep clients. So to start an agency where you're marketing 
are you hitting up clients that you've had in the past or are you just going for clients they've had in the past or how do you work on that? Um, so no. So my promise to them is all clients that, uh, that I've had in the past, my contacts and, you know, just spread the word about the agency. And my other promise to them is cold calling, which agents don't do. Agents, what they do is they're, they're working in a, in a, it's a hub of work. Agencies are a hub of work. So clients typically already know their name. So they're coming to them. And also right. client um, agencies will take the artists, all of their clients from the get-go. And that opens up their pool of connections and their pool of clients. So you come in and let's say you work for BMW. Now BMW, your client that you have worked for years to maintain is now my client. Right. Because we've signed you on. And you're giving me that client among other clients with the hope, again, being in a state of lack, with the hope that maybe I can get you some work and that maybe we won't play the favoritism game. So you're giving up your life in the hopes that maybe you can get some work, even though you're still paying your percentage and your commission fee to the agency. And that to me seems so ridiculous that. I, my promise to them is I get you the work and any clients that you bring into the agency, they're welcomed. However, there is a discounted commission for a certain amount of time until we right. build up our relationship to a solid place where at that point I do start taking and owning their calendar. But at that point we've already established a work relationship that is solid. As opposed I think to that makes sense. That, yeah, that makes complete sense to me because there's so many, I know even I've talked to other photographers and they talk about a lot of times with photography reps that they want you to come in with basically a stable of clients already so they can just immediately start making their money off the clients that you already have and then maybe they'll bring in some new clients along the maybe. way. Yeah. yeah which I and I know many photographers who never got any clients from the agencies for years mm -hmm. being repped by them, never got one client. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So tell me, what's it like when you start a job? So when you, you're styling, when you start the job, what happens at the very first, like you get the call, like, hey, this, this say like I said, BMW, there's a BMW shoot coming up and it's gonna be on this date, you're open, you can do it. What happens on your end from that point up until the shoot's over and the days after the shoot? How's that work on your end as a stylist? As a stylist yeah <clears throat> okay so you're saying when i get booked for a job until the wrap of the job yeah so like you know shopping and all that kind of stuff how's that work for you so clients will typically give you like a big client like bmw will give you two days of prep but those two days of prep for a big client like that you really want to be covered and you're probably going to do three days of prep um and then of course you got to count in the pre-pro meeting which some will pay a fee for that time and many won't. It just really yeah. depends on how your agency handles it. My agents in the past never handled that for me. So I always got stuck with giving up that time for a pre-pro meeting, which could take from three to four hours. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. So that's time that you're giving up. So that's four days already that you're you know, working for a two-day rate. And that was the other thing too. <laughs> that's my other frustration that I'm like, you know, they don't really understand what it's what it takes to shop and have all the colors and create a wardrobe, a full-on wardrobe in two days. It's, it's, it's a physical, the physical stamina you have to have is real. Oh um, yeah. And I always did it and I did it because I loved it. I just loved, I loved the job. 
after that, the pre-pro's done, you've shopped. Um, on the day before the job, they'll always say, oh, can you send in what you've purchased? And you're like, oh my God. And I mean, nowadays, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, I think that's more common. So it's not so much of a surprise. Now it's like, okay, I'm prepared for that. But there were years of, in the business where that wasn't common. You know, stylists were just trusted to come in. But then more and more people started requesting that as a surprise. And you're like, oh my God, it's 5.30 and we have to again yeah. and need a backdrop and I need to picture everything. I get loaded up into the computer. I got to name it. I got to then, you know, crop it and then send it to them by six o'clock. So it was <laughs> crazy. <laughs> but uh, now yeah. more prepared for that request. Um, and now we have phones and things, you know, and so it's a little easier, but it's still a lot. I mean, when you have... $20,000 worth of merchandise to picture and send in less than an hour. It's crazy. And you know, they give you an assistant typically. So that helps. So then you do the job, you pack up your, so you I come to my studio, my workspace, I unload everything. I hang it up. I look at it, make sure that I'm not missing anything that they could potentially request. Did I get too many denims? Maybe I need to break it up with plaid pants or something that I didn't ask for. I always get things that the client does not ask for. Always. That's smart. I that don't do that. And they're still great stylists. But as, but me, because I know that clients think that they know what they want, but then it's not mm. going to work. Like that. I always get the opposite and of what they asked for. So I know I'm crazy like that. So no, smart to get what they asked for and then get the opposite. It's, it's, very smart because a lot of times you're right you get on the set and even with photography it's the same way they'll look at stuff in my portfolio and go we love this we love the movement the motion we love it and you get there on set and it's a complete opposite of what they told you before because they think that's what they want and then they get there and they realize that it's not and if you do have a stylist who's not prepared like you are then you get there and you're like uh we don't have what we need now and you have to send them out to get it or you have to figure out some other way to shoot it so to have somebody like you who's prepared that way that's a wonderful thing to have on set i always get the op if they ask for solid i'll get some you know not solid some printed stuff and and also we as artists we're working in a world of contrast so you always want to have the contrasting elements of what they've asked for does that make sense yes yeah yeah, yeah. yes so i do that and then i hide that in a box so that they don't see it because if they're like well we didn't ask for that then it makes right. you look like a bad stylist that you're not listening to what they're saying. Yeah. So you have to hide those items. And I pack it all in my car, drive to Manhattan or wherever the studio is where we're shooting. Typically being from Manhattan, you have to fight for your life. You know, you're fighting traffic yeah. and you have to fight to park, um, to unload. My assistant will unload, take everything up in the freight. I go park the car in a garage, walk back. And then my assistants are usually prepping the tables and hanging everything up. At that point, on that prep day, on set prep day, there is a meeting with the client and the agency, the creative agency, the client, the producers, the photographers, and we go over all the wardrobe. They pick their best ones, and the best ones are the ones that are going to probably make it into the shot. Um, and then I try it on the models. We have a tailor that will fit everything to perfection and those are the shots that we will work with for either that day or that week which having a tailor is a nice luxury 
to have, but you can get it. Yes, it is. And, and, and not all clients will be able to provide that. However, me, myself, because I went to school for fashion design, as we know, I'll, I'll bring in my sewing machine for those clients that don't have the budget in them. Yeah, well, that's good of you. Yeah, it makes life a lot easier all the way around. I would okay. never do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with your new agency, what was the thing that kicked it into gear that made you decide that that's what you needed to do? Oh, that's a really good question, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay. This is going to get a little hokey. So get ready. So <clears throat> I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that because becoming an agent is terrifying. You have people that are depending on you for their livelihood. And I just didn't think that I could do it. I was just nervous about the whole concept, but it kept nagging and nagging and nagging at me. And being that my mentor um, became an agent from being a stylist, that has always given me courage. At one point, I hired a, uh, my dad's an astrologer. Really? And, well, he's a That's doctor. That's pretty cool. He's a doctor, but then when he retired, he's like, oh, let me try something new. And he went to school for a couple of years to study astrology. So it's a big, it's a big thing. Of, we converse about it all the time at dinner. And when we talk on the phone, we talk about the stars and things like that. So I saw um, a friend of mine had a deal of, it's like $60 for, for your chart, your personal astrological chart. And I was like, oh, $60. That's a great price. Usually it's 200 so I signed up for it and her reading was so incredibly on point that she said things within that reading that made me realize that this is the way for me. Wow. Yeah. She said some things that she, I don't know her from anything at that point. Now I've since then we've gotten to know each other, but at that point I didn't know her. And she said, you know, your life is about uplifting others. It's about helping others, mentoring others, helping others succeed. It's not about you. Um, and the first 40 years of your life is just gathering the information that you need to then help others and mentor others and uplift others. And I was like, wow, well, I'm 40 and 41. And that sounds like exactly what's been nagging at me to do anyway. And it sounds like it's aligned with the stars. So that was, that to me was the point where I decided I'm right in what I want. This is it. And this is what I'm going to do. Well, you'll have to text me her info because my wife would be very, very interested in that. I mean, yeah, she's amazing. Oh, no, absolutely. She would be extremely interested in, in yeah. all of that. So that's what I kicked it in, huh? That, that was the defining moment because I've been wanting to do this for many years. And, but I always felt like, mm, I'm an artist. I'm not really a business person, but that was wrong. I'm not an artist. I'm a business person. I just didn't know it. And I kind of have been coming into that, you know, like, ah, I want to do it. And I kept talking to people about it, but I still wasn't sure. And once I read that, I'm like, nope, this is it. How long have you been thinking about it? Have it been years? Years, yeah, in a joking manner. Like I would ask, you know, like my best friends, hey, let's start an agency. And they'd be like, nah. I'm like, but why? <laughs> Such a good <laughs> idea. And nobody really wanted to open one. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to have to do this on my own. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's amazing. So how do you choose yeah. your artist? Like, how do you decide who you want to work with? Is there these people you've known before or how's that process work for you? So when I, so I've been thinking of, like I said, 
starting an agency for years now. And when I first wasn't sure about it and I would talk about it in my own head, I would say if, if I ever start an agency, I would love to represent David Materish, who is an incredible, incredible makeup guy. Well, he does both hair and makeup. We, we have him on the side as just makeup but he does do hair and makeup. And I've been on set with him before. And from the first day I worked with him, I felt so refreshed and good and just, he's a healer. He must be because he's so fresh and professional and kind and just beautiful soul. And I kept, in my head, I kept saying, agency is equivalent to David Matterish. He's the one. And so when I started the agency, I reached out to him and I said, I have this project. Would you want to talk to me a few minutes about it? I don't want to talk to you about this. Would you be okay with giving me some of your time? He said, sure. After the conversation, he said, this sounds amazing. I think I'm going to do it. Mind you, David Materish has been contacted by huge agencies like the Wall Group Art Department. And he won't sign with them because he's like, they want all my clients from the get-go. So can we at least have like a six month trial or something like that? And like, I totally get that. It's exactly what I'm doing. Cause I think it's the right thing to do. Um, and he's like, I love your, you know, your concept. I love how you're doing this. I love your, your, you know, how you're running your business. I'm going to sign. And when he signed, I knew that that would be the start. <laughs> yeah. What is it? It sounds like a whale. <laughs> it's, uh, I think there's somebody that blowing the leaves in the yard <laughs> and they just won't stop. It's nonstop for whatever reason. And yeah, and he introduced me to our stylist, uh, Newhart. Who Newhart, I, it's hard for me to be on set with other stylists. Oh, so when yeah. it comes to stylists, I don't really, I'm not on set with them. I've never been on set with them. But Newhart is incredible. She's an explosion of creativity. Just if you've looked at the site, you would know by looking at her portfolio. It took me days to just go through her body of work. And it was so hard editing. Everything is amazing. And what you see is just one fourth of her body. Really? Yeah, because what I saw on there was some amazing work from everybody I looked at on there. So Amazing. And Alicia, who is an, our other main stylist, she is, she's been assessed for a really long time. And I haven't been on set with her either, but I met her through friends in Miami and New York, actually. So through the years, we've become friends and she's very talented she's incredible so that's the yeah, main that's... As now we have just signed a new makeup person his name is robert reyes he's incredible um and we are still looking at artists this week i'm meeting with two artists so we'll wow and of course i have i can't forget about my up-and-coming talent the up-and-coming talent are artists that have been with me for years or that I've worked on set with and that I know have incredible promise of success. Yeah. Yeah. Even that I saw, i just, you don't have as much on them, but on the, on the site, I saw that you had upcoming artists as well. So it was nice to see that you're working with these other ones, these younger ones and helping them out and, or the ones that are less experienced and helping them out and bring them up too. So cause it's nice to have, like you, like you had the mentor. It's nice to have a mentor that will help you like that. Cause a lot of times you do this and you're just clueless as to what's going on. You have no idea. So it helps a lot. So are you done styling now? Are you, so is, are you out of the game? Or are you still styling occasionally or? I'm still styling occasionally. Um, not a lot. Um, I do have a few clients coming up. It's, it's bittersweet. 
it's bittersweet. Like, yeah. you know, one of my clients saw my post on Facebook about the launch of the company, and she's like, "Well, what's going to happen with you and us?" And I'm like, "Oh no." So it's bittersweet. So I'm doing my last job with them in March. I've been with them for 15 years. Wow. Will they take one of your stylists and replace in place of you? Well, that would be the idea. But at the end of the day, you know, they make that call. Right. So, um, yeah, that would be ideal. Um, and I have a couple of other clients that I still do. But to be honest with you, when I'm on set now, it takes away from my focus of the agency. Right. Yeah. So it's best for me to just focus on the agency as of right now. But at the same time, because the agency is a startup, I still need to do some side hustling on the side. So I am taking some some clients here and there. The goal is six months of still styling and then not. Right. Yeah. That's a pretty good goal. Yeah, yeah. hopefully you make yeah. that. Yeah. So what is it that excites you about doing all this? Is there something, is there a part of it that just gets you excited and gets you up out of bed every day? And like, I just oh my gotta God. get to work. It reminds me of when I first started styling, you know, I was, yeah. well, not first. I, I was always excited to show up on set. Always. I never really, it, it, I always enjoyed it, but there's a difference now. Um, I, I love the whole idea of mentoring. I love the whole idea of promoting my artists. I love that they're depending on me. I mean, they're trusting me. With their yeah. And that is such a huge responsibility that I don't even have time to think about it in the morning. I just hop out of bed. I make my bed. I feed my kid his cereal. And my nanny shows up at nine and I'm on the computer from then on up until my wow. husband, he takes the baby and I'm, we take a break for dinner. And then as soon as the baby goes to bed, I'm back on the computer again. I just don't even wow. think about it. I just, it's, it's. So you're it has, dedicated for sure. That's great. It has to succeed because I have a huge responsibility and promises to my artists and I believe in them. So they, they need to be out there. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, yeah. it's nice to have somebody dedicated and like you are obviously are mm -hmm. to this whole thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, with the husband, the baby, how's that work? <laughs> Is it it's with the time between the two of them and working and all that? It's got to, especially starting this whole new thing after being off for a while, I'm sure it cuts into uh, family time a little bit. Uh, I spend time with the baby from 6am to 8am. We, that's, we got two hours, two and a half hours of playtime. Uh, by 8, 8.15, I'm, you know, getting ready for the day. Uh, the nanny comes in at 9 a.m. And at that point, I hand him off to her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I go about my business. And by 3 o'clock, my husband comes home. He'll take the baby over. At that time, the nanny leaves. And by five o'clock or by four, well, I want to say 4.30, I'll throw something in the oven for dinner and I continue working. Um, and by 5.30 to 6.30, we have dinner. So that's our dinner time between, let's say six o'clock, we have dinner. And then that's when I take a break. I spend the time with the family, um, wash the, you know, clean up, yeah. wash pots, pans, you know, throw them in the dishwasher or whatever. Um, and by 7.30, we're, we're still playing with the baby. 7.30, we give him his bath. By 8 o'clock, he's in bed. And by 8.15, I'm back on the computer. So, right, so what does your husband do that he can get home at 3 o'clock? What time does he leave for work? 
he leaves at uh, 5 30 6 o'clock oh. he leaves at 6 a.m okay yeah. yeah all right well that makes a little sense i was like god he's got a sweet job <laughs> especially if he's yeah. doing like a nine to three that would be, well my, my dad did that he would go into work his his he opened at 10 he had a wedding center it was like they did all of it at one place so it was a one-stop deal for your wedding and uh he would go in at 10 and then he would leave a little before two because he had to get to the bank before two o'clock at the time because you at, they cut off deposits at two for the day I remember that. yeah yeah so he would have to get to the bank by two and then he'd come home <laughs> he worked you know four hours a day basically but then he'd come home and he'd just sit in his chair in his, in his uh office or his bedroom in the chair and he would just sit on a legal pad and just write doing stuff for the business i don't know what he was doing like writing manuals or something but he would just sit there and write all day long wow he sounds very dedicated as well yes my wife worked for him tammy worked for him as a manager and she said that's all i did at work all day long he just sat in his chair in his office at work and just wrote like he was writing manuals all day so wow but yeah that was all right okay so last question what is the most interesting story you have on from a shoot or in the business and you know, don't necessarily have to be from a shoot but in the business what's the most interesting story or one of the most interesting okay i'm not going to say any names okay but there is this one agent who has um who i find incredibly interesting um this agent uh had a business um, and she represented many people. And one day she decided to close down. And we don't know what happened to this person during that time, but eventually she came back into the business stronger than ever. And I find this very inspiring because this person is a badass. And I felt, you know, when I had the baby and I took time off and I, when I left Wilhelmina and I had the baby and I was focused on family and I said to myself, how am I going to come back into the business stronger than ever? And I used her as an inspiration. So That's pretty I cool. always think about this person as somebody that to model yourself after. And I'm, you know, I don't want to say this person's name because... I shouldn't, you know, she's not somebody that I personally know, but I know her story. And I, I thought that was, you know, that's a really interesting story for me. I think about it all the time and I use it as part of the fuel behind part of the engine yeah, or, or inspiration behind what when I'm she doing. shut down, you said she just shut down all of a sudden. Was it like we're in business one day, we're shut down the next kind of thing? Or did she let everybody know, Hey, I'm ending this. And I'm not sure how she did it because Again, I don't know her personally. Okay. So I'm not sure of the details, but I remember it was a big deal. And so I've heard of like Massimo or something had us, you know, the, the the studio there, and that everybody showed up for work one day, and there were padlocks on the door. You know, and there was no I, warning that it was coming. That was just they just all showed up. You're done. Nobody's getting paid. Nobody's going to work today. Whatever. And then of course he came back and redid it, and came back, and he's in Target and you know, career's doing well again. But at one point, I guess the backers, financial people were just like, you're not making any money, we're done. And just shut them down. Wow. That was kind of harsh. Yeah. It happened a lot, unfortunately. 
yes. for the speakers and the artists and the models yeah. and whoever else is involved. Well, that's it. Thank well, you thank so much for doing this. And uh, congratulations on starting the new agency, Design Five Artists. That's pretty cool. I'm very, uh, <laughs> Department Five, sorry. Yes, Department Five Artist. Department5artist.com. But yes. um, yeah, that's very cool. Thank congratulations. You so for, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. And I look forward to connecting with you further and congrats on your on this podcast it's very interesting it's a great concept um and i'm so happy to have been a part of it today and thank yeah. you for thinking of me and reaching out appreciate well, it. i appreciate it thank you and um hopefully we'll get to work together and i'll be calling you asking for one of your artists on a shoot someday soon that would be ideal <laughs> yeah. all right thank you marcel i appreciate it and everybody else uh, watching listening be sure to uh, subscribe, like, share, all that kind of stuff if you are digging these podcasts so we can uh, keep doing them and, and make it worth the whole the time and effort. So thank you guys. And thank you again. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.